Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about getting to know your kids based on what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Howdy and welcome to Just Dads Oh, you're not getting me this time. You're not getting me this time. I'm here with my friend, Matt. I tried to surprise you, catch you off guard, make you not even ready for it this time. Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books. Uh, This is a show about picture books and graphic novels and young adult novels and all sorts of things. And it's fun to bounce around. And especially recently, we've hit kind of a groove. I don't know if people have noticed, but it's sort of like picture books <laughs> we have picture books and then graphic novels and then a book and this is becoming a good pattern just so that ej and i actually can like finish things on time so there's actually always like three things being worked on kind of at the same time mm-hmm. and and that's that's, that's the nice thing so we're both reading akata warrior not ready to talk about that yet but that's an upcoming episode Oof. we're both reading the second issue of the avatar the last airbender uh graphic novel series called the search and that's not ready yet but it's coming but today we get to talk about matthew cordell a children's book illustrator uh we have been doing a bunch of Caldecott winners for like a long time now. That's kind of like the main list we pull from when we want to find good picture books to check out. Uh, We did like a huge deluge of them at one point and two of the books we could not get a hold of were Hot Dog in 2023 from Doug Mm Salati, who we just covered three weeks ago, and uh, Wolf in the Snow by Matthew Cordell was the winner in 2018. And so we figured that would round it out. We would actually have a full decade worth of uh, Caldecott winners. We don't have right. 2014 and we don't have 2024, but we have everything else from 2013 to now. So we sort of, I mean, within it, we have like 12 books that we've done. And uh, something I want to do today, EJ, is return to our ranking uh, because we had okay. a ranked list of our Caldecott winners, and we can return oh, to that yeah. before the end of this, because we'll have like a full set of, I don't know how many, 10 or so. Uh, yeah, we'll have 10. Yeah. This will be our 10th, so we can do yeah. our, our top 10 of sort of recent memory Caldecott winners. But let's talk about Matthew Cordell. Yeah, um, Matthew Cordell, very interesting person, kind of a younger guy, 48 years old, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, um, you know, has won the Caldecott Medal, is very proud of his Caldecott Medal, as <laughs> it should be on the front of every Matthew Cordell book. It does say Caldecott <laughs> winner yeah. or uh, Caldecott medalist, medalist yeah. uh, on the front. So uh, very proud of his accomplishment, which he, he very well should be. Um, has a very traditional, I would say, yeah. illustration style. Um, kind of a lot of, a lot of cross hatching, a lot of, uh, muted mm-hmm. colors, mm-hmm. um, not a lot of, not uh, at least in what we've read, not a ton of vibrant sort of pop off the page stuff, a lot more, right. uh, about the content than it is about the, and that it is necessarily about the, the illustrations. The illustrations are obviously immaculate, uh, yeah. as all Caldecott win- winners are, um, but definitely a different style 
uh, from what we've seen in the past kind of 10 years yeah. of Caldecott winners. Uh, he's also married to Julie Halpern, uh, who is a young adult novelist, somebody else that could be fun to, to visit. We oh. didn't we didn't uh, work on anything. They, they did a picture book together called Toby and the Snowflakes. This is not one we were able to get a hold of. Actually, we we had some difficulty getting a hold of Matthew Cordell books. There, there were some just not available, but also just a popular dude stuff was checked out all the yeah. time it was just hard to get a hold of the books we wanted to get a hold of so uh you know very you know doing very well in the in the Absolutely. world I, I just had to throw out this other note though that julie halpern did her second novel into the wild nerd yonder it's about a girl who struggles with high school social labels when she meets a new group of friends who play dungeons and dragons so that's well, on the go. list now that's yeah, that's on, on our list, list. <laughs> we've done it we've done it we found through matthew cordell we've we've found uh julie halpern yep. and there we go so. um so we read four books uh, of course we did wolf in the snow uh actually a while back i i was managed to grab it around christmas and we had actually read it uh in the build-up to our holiday episode but we didn't cover it in that episode really if we mentioned it we may have mentioned it i don't remember i think we did even but uh that was when we originally read that one and then i was able to read his book cornbread and poppy of which there has mm. been like a subsequent series of like there are more cornbread and poppy books and then we read hello neighbor which is a biography yep. of mr rogers and we read evergreen uh so those are the only four we were able to uh to get a hold of i guess we start with evergreen evergreen sure. feels like a good starting point yeah. so evergreen is about a little squirrel named evergreen um evergreen's mom needs evergreen to de deliver some soup to yep. her sick grandmother and so <laughs> yeah yeah evergreen, sure well uh, to to right. a character we are led to know as uh what is it Hold grand on. granny granny oak <laughs> a granny oak so yeah granny the grandmother oak. is who granny we will be delivering well, things to to assume that it's her grandmother <laughs> we find out later that maybe this animal is not quite her grandmother but the name of the animal is granny oak yep and uh she's very afraid evergreen does not want to go into the forest yep um, and she runs into an assortment of different characters, uh, including a rabbit who is stuck and Evergreen uh, tries to help. And then yep. the rabbit turns out to be a little thief, a little, <laughs> little gremlin yeah. thief, a little briar <laughs> rabbit thief yep. guy. Uh, runs into a hawk who yep. scoops up Evergreen and she thinks she's going to die. And turns out the hawk just needs help pulling thorns out of its feathers. Yep. And then finally she runs into... A bear. Yes. The final chapter. It's split up into chapters, which is fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's each of the characters. There's also a, a couple of frogs that she meets. And there's even oh, a yeah, section of it. Yes. Uh, that within that frog chapter, there's like the insinuation that this went on for a long. There's there's a deer and a worm and a mouse and a right, chipmunk yeah. and like all these things. But then, yeah, the final part is called part five, the bear. The and bear. Uh, you get this huge illustration of a very realistic looking bear. Whereas so far you've had a lot of like anthropomorphized animals. Mm -hmm. This bear bear is just a bear uh, a bear that looks like it would really hurt some people and yeah. oh no screamed evergreen granny oak the bear slumped to the ground and sighed granny yep. oak said evergreen you should not be out of bed in your condition and we get the rug pull of evergreen which is that granny oak is actually this bear which then yeah. makes it even more hilarious because this whole time evergreen has been desperately holding on to this acorn full of soup just a, a little acorn full of soup mm -hmm. and and uh 
we didn't really talk about it because it doesn't matter (laughs) this is like a magical soup uh i guess uh uh, evergreen has a lot in common with uh mirabelle from (laughs) encanto her mom can uh her mom's food can uh heal people but it turns out it only takes uh the equivalent of an acorn full to heal a bear that's all it takes i wish that amount of medicine would heal me i've been sick for for days and days Uh, but yeah the bear is very thankful uh to evergreen and evergreen says her chef uh, and they move on yeah this one is no longer so afraid of the forest evergreen's not afraid of the forest we get a funny little joke at the end because we know that evergreen is also afraid of storms and she gets home and her mom tells her to go do another delivery and this whole time evergreen has like shirked off all of her fears she's not afraid she's learned to adventure mm-hmm. uh and then she has to go out in the storm and then the book ends and it's like haha go put on your jacket face some more fears <laughs> this yeah, one was interesting fear. to me because it kind of well, it, it is a cool take on on little red riding hood right like it's a, it is it's a fun take on little red riding hood it at one point felt like it was like really setting up some sort of like this is going to have a really specific moral and then it kind of just throws that out like it's it really is just about evergreen going from place to place helping people out doing nice things uh the the person on the other side doesn't always return the favor sometimes because they're bad sometimes because evergreen is just like "Uh, i'm good thanks i'm gonna go bye uh i'll see you later uh and yeah it's just like a little fable it's a little it's a little trek through the woods so in in my mind this one was fun the illustrations are uh really great lots of full page spreads um but it's it's one to me that is like not particularly one i want to like necessarily keep around or anything it was a fun time while uh while we while i had it i would say yeah it's not one that's going on the shelf uh, for me but it is it is interesting like i said you know you you see a lot of uh plays on fairy tales right they're like 15 fairy tales that all children's books basically have some sort of take on it right. feels like right um this is a really fresh take i mean mm-hmm. and i and i say that honestly like there if i if it weren't i would be more you know i would candidly say that it isn't uh you know it isn't i would be like ah, it's just little red riding hood yeah but this is this is a, a truly fresh take on on kind of the play on like because Red Riding Hood is like not really afraid of anything. Yeah. Like, in fact, uh, Red Riding Hood is very oblivious to yeah. the things around her. I mean, we like, get the, the best take of that is the one we the the three dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> that we got yeah. to read where it's like she's this horrible menace to society. That's that is the true uh, Red Riding Hood. But yeah, right. I mean, honestly, I would put Evergreen in between lord of the rings and little red riding hood it's like little red riding hood yes. by way of lord of the rings where it's like you're on this yeah. huge epic like journey epic, yeah, yeah. It, it, it goes on i mean if anything too because our first introduction to matthew cordell was wolf in the snow which notably mm-hmm. has absolutely no like lines no of dialogue in it at all right. this is really wordy i opened it up and was immediately like oh oh okay <laughs> this guy writes a <laughs> yeah, lot ta- actually talking actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we we went into it thinking because matthew cordell's uh caldecott winner like you just mentioned wolf in the snow is it communicates so beautifully mm-hmm. on a non-verbal level yeah. like to, to be able to communicate to you, right? We talk about nonverbal language all the time. We yeah. talk about body language, mm-hmm. uh, ha- being able to draw and, and, and glean emotion out right. of the scenes that are being drawn. Uh, 
you know, Hot Dog does a great job of yeah. this. We've talked about Watercrest does a good job of this, even though it has a few more words. It's still sure. kind of like poetic in the way that it does yeah. uh, these things. And you'll see, and you'll probably see this because if we do rank all of these, you'll see it kind of, <laughs> well, you'll see a theme here yeah. that we actually do like yeah. uh, not being beat over the head with the point. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and so, so the, you know, it, it, it was a stark contrast. And, yeah. and you know what's great? His writing style is very funny. Sure. I, yeah. You know, like some... You know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect, um, but I thought this was a very, uh, this book was funny. I, yeah. I thought Nora thought this book was funny. Cool. Um, you know, they, they really thought that, you know, Evergreen was this very mm-hmm. uh, vibrant character who, uh, you know, just wants to help, but also has a lot of anxiety yeah. and like, you can really feel the the tense moments in this book. So really, really good one all around, I yeah. think, uh, from Matthew Cordell, uh, right. which brings us to, I think the next one that we got a physical copy of. Yeah, Hello Neighbor, uh, The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers. This is, I mean, just straight up and down the authorized picture book biography of Mr. Rogers. And, I mean, honestly, you know, this came out in 2020, uh, which feels a little funny to me because, uh, you know, we've had that not too long ago documentary also about Mr. Rogers. uh, And... I would say the only thing that took away from this book for me is it was all things I had just recently seen in the movie. Like it, but it is still a good biography and everything. It's just I didn't get to learn anything from this. I always also feel a little bit odd about like biographies for kids about stuff like this. I wa- I just continue to wonder if kids still like Mr. Rogers because he's not really on as much anymore. Yeah. And more importantly, it's not like cable is where kids are getting this kind of stuff anymore. It's like we all have apps so people can just pull up whatever show we want, which means it's really easy to like actually avoid Mr. Rogers. So I I thought this book would have a weird place in the picture book catalog at this point. I mean, part of it is like, that's why it's important that there was a book there so kids can learn about it and maybe have an interest in it. But I, I wonder how that shakes out because I think it's, I think it's kind of the saddest, most difficult time for Mr. Rogers right now because we, we really are drifting away from him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Each day we stray, stray further from Mr. Rogers, right? Like, he's part of the Holy Trinity: Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, and Steve Irwin. The public right? access gurus. The, the public the... access Holy Trinity and one animal planet boy, Crikey, yeah. mate. You know, like it's just I. You know, he's 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 a beautiful person. Yep. Obviously, I don't think anybody's ever had an ill word to say about mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers. This one's more about the content than it is about the style. Um, yeah. this is a very, this, this is the most vibrant, I think of the books. I mean, even Wolf in the Snow is super muted cause it's like about, yeah. you know, the bleak winter. Right. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, well, there's like one stri- strip of color in that book uh, yeah. versus, you know, Mr. Rogers obviously had a very colorful life. Like the, yes. the you know, the sets that he had, like, mm-hmm. It was, it's just a very colorful sort of setting, uh, that Mr. Rogers put himself in. And obviously he's, he's highly regarded. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's what this book's about. If you've seen anything about Mr. Rogers, know anything about Mr. Rogers, it's a good gateway to get your children to, to learn about who Mr. Rogers was. I think it's pretty apt timing, honestly, with all the Mr. Rogers media that came out, uh, during that time. Uh, I feel pretty good about, you know, like, if your kid somehow saw the biographies yeah. or like saw the movie that was made well, on him. And and uh, honestly, to me, a lot of it comes off as, 
I mean, we're talking about a show that's been on since 1968. We're talking right. about this is a picture book for kids in 2020. So what we're really talking about is like parents and even grandparents grabbing this book and being like, hey, my child, I'd love to share with you yes. my childhood. And and I, I get this especially from there's multiple parts where it brings up the songs he would sing on the show, the intro, the outro, but also right. like it's you I like and a few different songs. And you're really meant to to sing along. And it's really obviously coming from like you as a as an adult probably have these in your core <laughs> memories. They're somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, and th this is a book for people who grew up with Mr. Rogers to share it with the next generation. And in that way, I mean, I think it does an excellent job. I mean, it is, you know, it's essentially from a kid's perspective, it's a book about an old person. <laughs> I could, I could see that being yeah. the thing, but it's an old, you know, it's, it's a person who, who did a lot and there's lots of time spent. Like there's a huge full page spread of every single character involved in uh, the neighborhood of make believe. Uh, and 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 like all of the people that would be on the show there's big spreads of like all the characters it's just like a huge celebration of the entirety of the show in a way that i think only really translates if you have this like big desire to share it with your kids i think my only bone to pick with a book like this isn't with the book itself mm -hmm. when i went to the library to find this book it's in the it's in the children's nonfiction. Yep section right. right picture book section mm -hmm. so it's like in the dewey decimal system first off right so you've got to like go like you first you have to navigate that which just so you know i know the dewey def decimal <laughs> system like i know how to navigate it and i still had a tough time like finding, finding this book on the shelf like eventually right. i it all kind of came back to me and i was like oh yeah this is where this book would be um i do wish there was a section like you're saying that was more dedicated to to reading with your children. Yeah. Um, and I know that I, I know that's, that's like such a nitpicky a category. Line. Like it's such right, a thing. It yeah. But it's sure. like, but it's like books that you would like to read to your children that are like kind of this historical nonfiction. Yep. Right. And I think that's kind of what this section is. It's this children's nonfiction section, but it's part of the children's section. And I, all I got to say is whenever I was walking around the kids section, there aren't kids just like hanging out in the nonfiction right. children's book section. Yeah. Like that there's parents, like it was me and like three moms yeah. that were in that section looking specifically for a thing. Yeah. And so it's like, you either have to be looking for something like this or it's really not ever going to be found by a kid. I don't feel like yeah. it's, it's just lost in a sea of other books that are, that are sort of like it, this picture right. book slash nonfiction style. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's my only kind of gripe and that's really just with how do you classify a book like this yeah. and how, how do we get these books to be more popular at the public library? Well, and that's, that's obviously too, some of that's unavoidable and that's the job of teachers and librarians and parents, sure. which is like, it's that Sophie Blackall thing too, job. right? Like oh, Sophie Blackall, right. Hello Lighthouse, a kid is rarely going to grab Hello Lighthouse off the shelf. That's just not where their head's going to go. Um, but if if the teachers are getting in in front of them it then is like a captivating story beautiful artwork you know there there definitely are picture books that are designed to be presented to kids and then there are picture books that are designed to be found by kids and i do think those are like two different things for sure i mean and it's and like i said it's kind of part of the design of the library like i said there was like kind of a place there's a place at our local library where there are bins that are that yeah. have like basically kids books for kids yeah 
right? Like these are the children's fiction. You're going to dig around like, in this and you're going to find something that catches find your eye. Like, yeah, exactly. Like some kid's going to dig around in there and he's going to pull out whatever and he's going to have a great time with it. Yeah. And this is just kind of, you know, just kind of gets lost on the shelf a little bit. So, um, but good book, obviously, like, you know, I mean, what are you going to say? It's yeah. just a biography. I mean, right. there's not really a lot to it other than like this was kind of his life. I love that it's a little celebration and I love the art um, yeah. that's that's in this book. So, um, you know, the good book. Sure, it's it's sure. just really hard to kind of classify it against the other things that we read. It's interesting to me because it's giving us a really weird picture of Matthew Cordell, which is that it's like very broad. You compare this to John Classen and it's like John Classen does like this one thing <laughs> and he does it every time and he sort it's of evolves really... on his own form. David Weissner yeah. is the same thing where it's like it's yeah. kind of this one thing, but he, he sort of yeah. goes in different directions with it. But Matthew Cordell is like all over the map. We have a book with no words in it that's this hugely captivating read we have this epic fairy tale that's got lots of words in it we have this just straight up and down run of the mill you know checks all the boxes biography it, it he's to me proving at the very least he, he's a working man's <laughs> picture yeah, book for sure. illustrator Absolutely. right just just doing just doing the work and and i think that yeah, he's continues a volume guy for yes sure. right and there's a lot of stuff we didn't read of his so i wonder how much we would continue to feel of that going through all of his works he also illustrates a lot of longer books he does just like the sort of like chapter header illustrations mm -hmm. for yeah. a number of books i i had a leva at last and like carrot juice on a cupcake checked out but i didn't check them out because we were wanting to mostly talk about the picture book side of things um i do want to talk about cornbread and poppy which i got to read i read i read it on my phone because we couldn't find it physically but right uh cornbread and poppy similar to evergreen is in my mind or at least like at the top of it, it it's not fully being like a satire or a retelling but it's definitely very similar the little red hen which is that horrible uh, old story about the hen who is making bread and they keep asking for help and people keep saying no I don't want to help you and by the end the hen uh, has made all this bread and then it's like winter or something and all the other animals come crying for help and the hen says nope you didn't help me and slams the door on them and it's this horrible like I can't believe this is the story we told kids in the 40s we we were given a copy of it in our house and we read it like twice to Molly and then threw it in the trash because I hate the little red hen uh, so much wow. one of the worst children's stories ever written That's crazy. it's just like how to be spiteful to other people uh, in a yeah. capitalist society it. it's yeah, really terrible lesson yeah. yeah so cornbread and poppy is flipping that mm -hmm. on its head cornbread and poppy is about uh cornbread who is a planner uh i mean honestly cornbread and poppy very similar to frog uh piggy and uh elephant and piggy. elephant yeah. and piggy thank you um so cornbread is a planner he's been stocking up for winter poppy is an adventure seeker uh and has not been stocking up for winter and winter is coming uh and they have to do something <laughs> about it and Poppy feels horrible because she spent too much time hiking and swinging and doing all these fun things she didn't uh, prep for winter and cornbread wants to save his friend uh, nobody has anything left cornbread offers up his own food and says poppy here I have some and and poppy says no you, you won't have enough to go through winter if you're sharing with me we have to find some other way and there's a nearby right. mountain called holler mountain that uh, the the mice of this civilization never go to there's owls up there it's a scary mountain um, and they they decide to trek the mountain 
the only person to ever go on that mountain is Miss Ruthie, and she was never heard from ever again. Whoa. And uh, we trek up the mountain, and it's another evergreen-style kind of adventure of us going through the <laughs> mountain. Uh, we are introduced to an owl. who they, They're going across all these fields and finding food that's already been harvested corn that's already been harvested wheat that's already been harvested up on the mountain that no one goes to so they're trying to figure out what's going on and this owl shows up and poppy tries to defend cornbread by jumping out of the bushes and throwing a rock at it and the owl gets hit in the foot and goes hey that wasn't very nice i don't want to eat you. and it's this friendly owl they go on an adventure uh, with the owl and the owl takes them to his friend who probably has enough food for them after they've regaled him with their story of poppy's you know struggle and they the owl takes them to the house of miss ruthie miss ruthie's been alive all along she has a cabin in the woods she kind of just likes being away from people she liked to duck away and uh she is a prepper <laughs> basically her house is full of stuff she's the one who's been harvesting the mountain for herself for uh you know years now and so they get to take some food home and they survive the winter and everything's fine hunky dory yay we did it uh through we the power it. of friendship <laughs> You know, it's like I was saying earlier how everything's based off of like tin, yep. like Mother Goose stories right. and the odd couple. I would like to add <laughs> and the odd couple. Everything's uh, every the odd children's couple. Book is the odds of the odd <laughs> couple. So they've they've really set the standard. Yeah. Well, that sounds really interesting. That isn't one of the author illustrator books. Now, it was really hard for us to get a hold of all of the author illustrator stuff mm-hmm. uh, from Matthew Cordell. Um, so I'm going to list off some things that we are going to be reading in the future to kind of add to our Matthew Cordell stuff. Um, his first book was trouble gum. Uh, he has another one called another brother. Uh, hello, Mm -hmm. hello. Looks super interesting. Can't find it anywhere. That one's always checked out. Right. Then there's the wish dream hope series. Mm -hmm. Um, those three, um, kind of run hand in hand. Those are very, uh, uh, Peter H. Reynolds types mm-hmm. type books that he has in his catalog. Uh, King Alice will be one that we'll look at as well. Hope, uh, oh, sorry, Hope is part of that uh, series Trilogy, I was talking yeah. about. Explorers and then Bear Island um, to kind of fit round out his bibliography. Yep. Um, so those are those are ones we'll be looking to into the future whenever we do another Matthew Cordell episode because I anticipate we'll do another one. For sure. We just weren't able to get our hands on everything that we wanted uh, for this time around, but yeah. what we read was great. And of course we got to read the PS du resistance, which is Wolf in the snow. Yeah. And my goodness, that's a book. Is that not just the best book? It's incredible. No words. Uh, a little girl goes off into the woods to play. She, uh, hears the whimpering of a small wolf pup. She finds the wolf pup. She returns the wolf pup to its family, but to do so, she's trekked so far into the cold blizzard that she can't find her way home, and the wolves start howling so that her family can come find her, and she is rescued, and all of that is conveyed with no words, and especially as an experience of reading it to a child, you just have to come up with stuff (laughs) you just have to sort of look at the book with the kid and oh look what's happening here oh let's talk about what this is oh look it's this and oh there's the puppy oh it's sad oh that little wolf puppy and it's just like i don't know how to explain it but that is like the most special kind of experience you can have more picture books i mean it's it's kind of what tuesday by david weissner captures right is just this like let's just sit here in it and 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 experience this yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and also what can you know the 1992 caldecott winner uh i it's it is 
a a truly amazing experience uh uh the only thing that comes you know that competes with it to me is hot dog because hot dog is the same but also with just like little bits of poetry little Little, like it's not descriptive but it's yeah it's just like onomatopoeia and it's just sort of like suggesting the vibe of what the pictures are also reinforcing and yeah i mean i i do think uh hot dog by doug salati and wolf in the snow by matthew cordell are like maybe my two favorite picture books we've read hands down yeah i think i think it's you know when you go through the list of of caldecott winners in the last you know, 10 years. The only mm-hmm. one we haven't covered and one we do still need to get to is locomotive yep. uh, in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the most recent winner, which is big to be announced yeah. big by, by Vashti Harrison. Yep. So super excited to read the first African-American woman, woman to yeah. win the Caldecott in 2024 folks i know i know i know know, it's fine we we are happy that (laughs) that she has won and we are going to go in and uh and obviously we're going to read that as soon as we can get our hands on it yeah definitely uh super excited for that one but yeah when you go through this list it's a lot of this nonfiction kind of one recently, mm-hmm. right? Finding mm-hmm. Winnie, Radiant Child, Hello Lighthouse kind of has some nonfiction vibes to yep. it, uh, even though it's not really technically a nonfiction yeah. story. Undefeated uh, was definitely nonfiction. We are, we water, are water protectors, protectors is, is like yeah. a halfway. You know, it's it's more uh, about it something. I think it's it, not I mean, what it's all I mean is specific. it's it's not. Yeah, it's it's not yeah. it's not Mister Rogers, right? It's not just like here's right, exactly true. what happened. It's a bit more poetic <laughs> exactly. than that, but yeah, yeah, it is. Super yeah, it's more of a poetic take. It's kind of like Hello White Lighthouse in that yes, way. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when you go back further, I, even Lo- Locomotive, which is the one we haven't read, is a nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's just like, you know, how do you choose out of the rest of these, right? Watercress is also nonfiction, but is like... Mm-hmm also like really great yeah. it's probably my favorite of the nonfiction. right um, yeah so to, to return to the list we did uh this was our mm. ranking of eight eight picture books we said from bottom up finding winnie radiant child this is not my hat which man we john classen like really fell huh but it's just because this is not my hat is not his best but like there, it's not even it, his best yeah it's yeah. not his best book if it was the rock like that fell from the, the sky like that oh, would be that'd be it. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be it. yeah, Rock and Fell from the Sky is so good. Um, then there's Beakle, Undefeated, We Are Water Protectors, Hello Lighthouse, and at the top we put Watercress. I genuinely think Wolf in the Snow and Hot Dog top out Watercress, and I wonder how Both you feel. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think it goes Hot Dog and then... Um, and then uh, uh, Wolf in the, the Snow for me. Yeah, Hot Dog yeah, being the best that, picture book we've ever read. Yeah, I think it's, it's just a perfect two. little experience, isn't it? It's just, it's so good. It's crazy that it was just the most recent winner. And mm-hmm. It's it's hard to say that we have recency bias because we've read all of these recently. Yeah, like, yeah. That's it's not, not like, that. It's, not like it's, we have it's that. just that the it's style just, of Hot Dog does something yeah. really special. Um, and I don't know. I mean, things like Tuesday and Wolf in the Snow, I think, paved the way for something like Hot Dog. But Hot Dog does take that to like the next little level by just giving it this different feeling, this different sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I compared it to a Radiohead song yeah. in, the, in, the, in that episode, I remember. And, like, that's, like, super high praise yeah. for something. Like, right. that's that's how it feels. Like, you are just kind of vibing through this this book and as it takes you on an adventure. I've never been taken yeah. by anything, I don't think, like Hot Dog. Yeah. Versus, like, Wolf in the Snow. Wolf, Wolf in the Snow doesn't, like, necessarily make you be present. Yeah. with the book like hot dog right it has a different experience right it makes you be present with 
kind of the the feelings that you're feeling. You're present with the child you're reading it to, right? You know, it's, well, it's present too. with yeah. the story. I mean, well, like you're not reading anything, right? Yeah, so you're just exactly. Like, you're just like staring at this page and both of you are like, okay, like <laughs> what's going to happen yeah. next? Like there's not anything to say. It's just yeah. like you were staring, you were trying to interpret what you're seeing. Like mm-hmm. you said with Tuesday, Tuesday's like the most, like Tuesday it didn't um, like get like some special recognition as well for helping uh, children on the spectrum. Yes, right. Because yeah, it it's did. like right. it's like one of the books where it's like these these images are able to invoke. Yeah, um, they use it as so a tool many. in classrooms mm-hmm. for yeah. for uh, kids with learning disabilities and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's incredible. I yeah. think that's a that's you know, and I I feel like that's where Wolf in the Snow would be. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so high on our list here in yeah. the last ten years because Definitely. it's like I think it could also kind of fill that right that sort of gap. Yeah. But yeah, super interesting. Super well, we've done cool it. We stuff. have 10. We have 10 on the list now and we'll ki- we'll Let's continue. I'd love to keep working through them. Ooh. Like you said, we have Locomotive from 2014. We do have other winners that we could add to the list, but we're going to save it because three of them are, it's just adding Flotsam, Three Pigs, and Tuesday to the list, essentially. I mean, I mean uh, geez, Tuesday and Flotsam. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. And then I mean, those technically, are also in I didn't realize this, but the Polar Express was a Caldecott winner uh, wow, back in its day. Really? So I've, I grew up with the Polar Express and I, re- I, I Actually, I didn't really grow up with it, but we all, it's, you know, we all just know of it. My hot take is I don't particularly like the Polar Express. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm, like, yeah I'm with you. But I mean, you can see why something like that wins, though. You yeah, know, like, sure. There, there, there are plenty of these books where you look at them and you're like, that's a Caldecott winner mm-hmm. because it just it just is like a cookie cutter. Amazing artwork, right? I think right. there was a yeah, time. I, mean, well, I think yeah. there was a time. And if we went back more, we would see that it's really just about like who had the incredibly good paintings that year in the book right it's well, it is especially with polar express i mean when yeah. you think of polar express like that's a beautiful looking right. book yeah i mean absolutely so well cool uh so that wraps up this one pic- i don't know what our next picture book will be we'll have to decide that in the interim but we do like we said have avatar next week and the continuation of nettie akorafor's series akata warrior the week after yeah. that i'm very excited for both Good i haven't Lord, started the search but you teased me on it and wild to say it could get better from the last one maybe uh so uh, not just maybe dude <laughs> <laughs> not just maybe. <laughs> 